Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with another incredible episode of Lance's House of Sports. And I got not one, but two of my boys to the left and to the right of me. We got my boy Ben Gabriel, who's always with us every week. And then returning to the show for a second appearance, Matt Scarberry. Thanks for coming back, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me back, man. Hell yeah. The first we, time was fun. Let's do it again. Heck yeah. And we got a ton to talk about. A lot of good things. Some bad things for all of us. But where we start, you know, with a hectic weekend like this week, week one in the NFL, week two in college football, I got to ask you guys, favorite moment of this weekend, what was it? Uh, seeing Bama get upset for sure. Against Texas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always good to see Bama lose. Probably that uh that Garrett Wilson touchdown. You think so? To end the game? Catch of the year. Week one. Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> I feel like everyone always says there's a catch of the year in week one, but like let the whole year But go that was crazy. It was, it was a crazy catch. <laughs> I mean, he tipped it to himself. Yeah. It was supposed to be a back yeah. shoulder ball. Terrible throw. And that was not the ball at all. <laughs> tipped it to himself with his left hand, caught it with his right as he was getting dragged down to the ground. I think those are easily the two best games of the weekend. Because when we're talking about Texas-Alabama, Alabama's going into the game as seven-point favorites at home when we all know last year the game with Texas and Bama. Texas probably should have won that game if it wasn't for Quinn Ewers getting hurt. Yeah, Quinn Ewers had a chip on his shoulder, and he balled out in that game. And both and games were closely contested. It wasn't like, like there was a lot of back and forth. Yeah, the blowouts. From start to finish. I mean, it looked like Bama was going to get a hold of things, and then it was kind of like late in the third quarter where Texas went on that uh, end-of-the-game push, and they looked really, really good. Yeah. I mean, just with the stats in front of me, 349 yards and three touchdowns for Quinn Ewers. Is that, is that man an NFL quarterback? I'm yeah. just curious. Oh, yeah. He'll be in the NFL. Yeah. He'll definitely be in the NFL. I mean, that, the draft class for quarterbacks this year is so deep. It's gonna oh, yeah. be it's gonna be tough because you know he's listed as like fifth right now or sixth, and and look what he did against Bama. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Bama doesn't look good right now. They don't look like it's Bama. early though. It, it's early. You're right. It is. They got a long season ahead of them. Yeah. And the craziest thing about it is that all the ranked teams they play this year, including the one they just lost against Texas, they're all at home. Yeah. So they're gonna get a chance to redeem themselves. I mean, the SEC is tough, but Georgia's on the other side. So. Don't count them out of it yet. I think Bama's going to lose like two or three games this year. I mean, we'll see. We'll get more to it in a second. But I want to talk about that Jets game a little bit more. Because, I mean, first reactions to everybody. Oh, my gosh. Jets-Bills Monday night. Bills coming off a tough end of the year last year. Josh Allen's looking to respond. And the Jets finally bringing things together. And they're running it out with new quarterback, one of the best in the world, Aaron Rodgers. And it was only four plays before... All of that was over. Yeah. I mean, we all thought at first it was uh, maybe hopefully an ankle injury, but then when he got up. When I seen that cart, I knew the cart. I was like, oh, this is, this is bad. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew it wasn't going to be like he's out for a game or two when I seen the cart come get him. I mean, it took me about, well, because, you know, the report that he tore his Achilles came out like the next morning. Yeah. It was like 8 a.m. when it came out. They did it right away. And I was... Crossing my fingers all the way up until that morning, hoping that that wasn't the case. But like we said, Aaron Rodgers, four plays in, torn Achilles, done for the year for the Jets. And that means they move back to the MILF 
killer, I would say, <laughs> uh, Zach Wilson. And I mean, he didn't look fantastic, but the Jets he was won the serviceable. Fo- but the, he was serviceable, and the Jets won the football game. And the end, of, I mean, with the whole game, in my opinion, being pretty boring for the first three quarters, that last quarter and a half going into overtime was some of the most exciting football I watched all weekend. I mean, just going from the Garrett Wilson touchdown to give him the lead, um, the Bills kicking the field goal to send it into overtime, doinking off the left side of the post, that was falling crazy. in. Like Robert Sala, you could see him on the sidelines just. And only cleared by like three feet. Like it was, <laughs> it was so, so close to not going in. And then the game only just got crazier. Josh Allen, which for what it seems like for the first time in his career, won a coin toss. The Bills got the ball first. They weren't able to do anything with it. Three and out. They punted it back to the Jets. And that was all she wrote. Xavier Gibson, a man who, for you, for the people that do watch Hard Knocks, he was on the cusps of potentially making the team, potentially not making the team. They ended up giving him a roster spot. And they ended up being a hero for the New York Jets in MetLife Stadium on 9-11, returning the punt back for a touchdown, which was a crazy punt return, honestly. Oh, yeah. Making a couple men miss, finding the outside. And then, I mean, there was the kicker left, but we all know he wasn't getting to him. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. The NFL can't write a better script than that for a game, <laughs> in my opinion. I mean, they've been sending out fake scripts to all these celebrities and stuff all off season. I'm starting to think that this script might just be real because that was, I mean, it was crazy. You can't, you can't predict something like that. Yeah. Someone and, did predict it, though. Did you see that on Twitter? The dude it, who said that Aaron Rodgers is going to tear his Achilles in two and a half hours on a soaked MetLife field. I did not see that. It's, it's it was wow. What? Yeah, someone tweeted it. <laughs> and then he and then he said, like, 40, and then his next tweet was, like, an hour before the game, and he said, 40-year-old quarterback, like, playing against the best team in the NFL on a soaking wet field. What could go wrong? Am I right? And then wow, three plays, and he tore his Achilles. <laughs> I bet that went viral afterwards. I no, mean, it did. That's why I saw it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. wasn't the only one this weekend to uh, go down with Achilles injury, and it was uh, one of our boys, a Buckeye, J.K. Dobbins for the Baltimore Ravens, towards Achilles um, later in the game than Aaron Rodgers, but still a big loss for the Baltimore Ravens as they're going to have to figure, figure out who their new running back committee is going to be yeah. as J.K. was going to lead the charge. Justice Hill didn't look terrible. He didn't look bad, but they... They need someone else. Definitely. I mean, they, they activated Melvin Gordon off the practice squad. So, I mean, you got Justice Hill now, you got Melvin Gordon, and then uh, uh, Gus Edwards as well. So yeah. you got to think they're going to run the committee with that yeah. with that offense now. But at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is still RB1 on that team. Yeah. I don't care. Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, they, they, have enough, they have enough ways of doing their offensive business with options and things of that nature because he's just such a freak athlete that, I mean, it's, it's unheard of. Justin Fields may have led the league in rushing and quarterbacks last year, but if Lamar wants to, he can do it every year. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he's one of the most exciting players to watch. But that's nor here nor there. Talking about the rest of the injuries around in the NFL. Cover your eyes, Matt. I know you already hear this as a Steelers fan. You guys are pretty banged up after Week One. You guys got tossed around a little bit by the Forty Niners. Um, what was the final score? Was it forty to? Seven, hey, 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 seven. stop adding Excuse points me. here. Sorry, man. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was a 30 it was, to, it was 30 to 7 win for the 49ers, a game that I wasn't expecting, honestly. I thought the Steelers were going to come None out of us were. More. Last week, both of you guys were like, dude, that might be game of the week. Like, it's going to be super competitive. <laughs> it might end like 20 to 17. I'm sitting there watching it halfway through, and I'm like, boy, those guys were wrong as hell. Well, because here's, <laughs> here's where I look dumbfounded, because 
I didn't have all the faith in Brock Purdy. You know, yeah, he looked great last year, undefeated going into the game. He got injured in the playoffs. Picked up right where he left off. I mean, granted, that offense is unreal, but he's a game manager. And it was exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo was in for the longest time, and he's filling right into that role. And he thrived in it week one against a Steelers team I think can still be a, a good team this year, a team that can go above 500. Um, I mean, Brock Purdy, 19 for 29, doing his job. 220 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. And then Christian McCaffrey looked unreal. Yeah. But yeah, he's a beast. He he's just the beginning of the stepping stone for how dominant that offense may be this season. But going back to those injuries, let's start with Deontay Johnson. Wide receiver one, I would say for now for the Steelers, uh, next to George That's Pickens. That's what he's listed at, but I, I, I agree. I, I kind of I tend as, to think Pickens plays that role better than he does. He injured his hamstring. They said he's gonna be out for at least four weeks. How do you feel about an injury like that? I feel like that's the least of my worries after the performance that the whole team had collectively. Yeah. Nothing looked good, like, at all. Kenny Pickett looked out of sorts. Matt Canada, stupid play calling, like always. Uh, defense couldn't have stopped anything. I mean, it, it, it was it was unreal. It looked like an NFL team was playing a Division II college team. Like it was, it was quite ugly. The only other ugly game was the Giants game, and I, I don't, I didn't see the difference between the two other than we we actually were able to score. Like it was, it was, it was ugly to watch. I stopped watching after a while. And it, it wasn't just Deontay Johnson that went down for you guys. I mean, Cam Hayward, the leader of that the defense of for you guys, defense. suffered a groin injury, and he did mm-hmm. he already have surgery? I do believe so. Yes, he already had surgery on it. They said he's going to be out for up to eight weeks. I think that's the biggest loss for you guys. I mean, because the anchor of you guys' defense, you guys were going to need your defense to be successful this season. I mean, who knows what to expect from the Steelers this season now because without him and going back to your point with the Matt Canada offense, it looks like you guys might be in some trouble. But talking about Matt Canada a little more, how much longer do we think Mike Tomlin is going to ride the wave with this offensive coordinator? And Because who knows until – Mike Tomlin's reputation starts plummeting a little bit. I'm honestly surprised that he didn't get fired this year. Yeah. I I mean, with as much hassle as he got thrown his way, Mike Tomlin must see something in him that none of us do. (laughs) I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. That or he owes him something. Yeah. And he feels obligated to keep him because, I I mean, I haven't seen a pass downfield – and I couldn't tell you how long. I mean, back in the days of Ben, and I'm not saying Kenny Pickett has been or Rudolph or any of the other cats that played before him or after he retired, but, I mean, it was – I mean, Ben Roethlisberger holds the record for having four 500 passing, yard ga- or passing yards in a game. He holds that record in all-time history. That should show you what Bruce Arian and, the, and Todd Haley did. Pittsburgh Steelers don't look like Pittsburgh Steelers anymore. Run game is flat. Offense is horrible. And what we've always been known for in the defense is just abysmal. I I am I am no longer I am no longer looking forward to the season. This is the <laughs> way it's gonna play out. Just I'm just not I mean, and I'm normally an optimistic guy. I'm like, it's week one. Get, yeah. No, I I'm I'm not optimistic. See, if Canada wasn't there, maybe. I'm not optimistic. See, but who knows what they do with him? Because in my opinion, I think that guy any week now. When he goes, because I mean, they were talking about it on the Pat McAfee show today, you know, like, cause 
Uh, Matt Canada, he's been on the team for three years now as the offensive coordinator. This was his first ever time getting a job in the NFL. Before that, yeah. he was always just an assistant somewhere in college football. And his first year, I mean, he had Big Ben Roethlisberger before he retired, and it was a former Steelers player that was on um, that was on uh, the show with Pat McAfee, and he was talking about how it was just Ben Roethlisberger running the show and how uh, he'd always be calling audibles on the up to the line, and it was almost as if he was running the offense and it wasn't even Matt Canada. So he kind of got away with it a little bit. But now second year with uh, second year quarterback Kenny Pickett, he doesn't really have that leeway that he used to. Because I mean, granted. Who knows what Kenny Pickett can be in this league, but he's not a veteran player like Ben Roethlisberger, obviously. So we'll see what goes on with the Steelers. They got a long year to go. Yes, it's a tough division, but I always got faith in Mike Tomlin. I mean, 15 years as head coach, he's never had a losing season. You got to think there's a way they figure this season out. I heard, uh, speaking of Pat McAfee, I think it was yesterday's show, they said the AFC North houses uh, the three highest paid quarterbacks. Between Lamar, oh, yeah. Burrow, and Watson. That's interesting. And they all played like shit. <laughs> and they all did play really bad. I saw uh, Lamar played bad. Deshaun won the game. He didn't look good, though. Yeah. yeah. He struggled for sure. I mean, I saw something, and it was uh, – oh, I mean, this doesn't really have much to do with the highest-paid quarterbacks, but when we're talking about some of the best quarterbacks in the league, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, all quarterbacks went 0-1 in the first week of the season. And I thought that was something really interesting to think about because when we were talking about it all off season, everyone always says that the AFC is the best conference in the NFL right now. I mean, oh, the NFC, down. the NFC has the top dogs, but all around AFC is overpowered. But as of right now, top dogs in the NFC, I mean, they looked fantastic in week one. Um, talking about the Cowboys and the 49ers, the Eagles looked a little suspect, and we'll the get, Seahawks. But we'll get into that in a little later. Kicked me out of my Survivor League week one. <laughs> Did they really? Yes. I'm dude. extremely glad it didn't end up going lost to the Rams. To the Baltimore Ravens. That was one of the most unexpected games for me this this yeah. week. This Seahawks week. did not look. Well, yeah. I feel like it was more the Rams' offense looked a lot better than. And that's even more surprising be. than the yeah. Seahawks <laughs> looking bad. No Cooper Cup. You're we're talking about they're rocking with guys like Van Jefferson, um, Puka Nakua. Yeah. Cam Akers, like that's their team. I mean, they got <laughs> Kyron Williams at running back too, who it looks like he's going to be their main guy from here yeah. on out to go along with Tutu Atwell and uh, Tyler Higby. To and Atwell out showed out weapons. too. Atwell, Atwell, and Puka Nakua. Yeah, they both looked really, really good stepping in for Cooper Cup. And so, I mean, I guess we can kind of get right into it. That kind of brings me to my question about the Rams. I mean, was that a fluke game for the Rams, or are they for real? It's hard to tell because I didn't think the Seahawks looked great either. But the Rams definitely surprised me with how their offense looked. I mean, Matthew Stafford looked good without, you know, his weapons around him, his main guys. They just – they outscored him. They won the game. I mean, I don't – I mean, I, I kind of just see it as like, okay, even without Cooper Cup, this offense can show that they can score points against average defenses. Now we'll see – now we'll see how they look this week as they go up against, uh, um, I want to say the 49ers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I got to double check here, but – I remember it was a it was a, a high up there team. I can't quite remember if it was San Francisco or um, not. Yeah, they're going up against the 49ers at home. There so was that, that, that we'll know. dogs right now. So we'll, we'll know, know by week two because the 49ers obviously one of the best defenses in the league. But Matt, I want to hear your take. You know, it's funny you you bring up the Rams. I thought this all season last year. I didn't understand why they were so bad. 
they didn't lose all that much from the year prior, and we've seen what they all did, you know, the year prior. I did. I never understood why. I just thought maybe they got bit by the unlucky bug or what. Because I mean, they still had a lot of key players. So funnel, funneling into this year, people stepped up like Nakua and Atwell. I think it's possible that the Rams can make some noise, but I need to see more because the Seahawks. Geno's always had an up and down career. No matter where he's went, he'll have a stint. I mean, granted, his stint last year in Seattle was his longest stint of of good, downright, you know, forward football that he was leading a team. But he's always had spans where he's got like two or three games and, you know, then two or three games later he's just going back to trash. So I'm I'm more I'm more interested to see if Seattle is dead than LA. I think LA definitely has a chance, but I don't know if I agree with the fact that Seattle will be where they were last year. I like that. I like that. Cause I'm still a believer that the Seahawks are a better team, but when you go look at the tape from week one, they got obliterated 30 to 13 against a Rams team that didn't have their best weapon. Yeah. But then again, it's only week one. You can't overjudge from week one. We've seen it plenty of times. We just saw it again for the second year in a row with your boys, Ben, the Cincinnati Bengals. You were kind of afraid of it going into it last week. And it was exactly what happened. They lost 24-3. to Their offense was non-existent. Deshaun Watson did look good. I'll give him credit. He didn't sling the ball as much as I was hoping he would. Um, but it was a all-else game, I guess, so to speak, yeah. talking about Jamar Chase. Yeah. Nothing to worry about there? or I'm not too worried. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Ravens this weekend. Yeah. They like us. Well, <laughs> I mean, because well, I'm a believer that – Joe Burrow's going to bounce back just yeah. like he did last year. And we fine. saw it from Aaron Rodgers a bunch of times in his career in week one, having a terrible week one, coming back and dominating week two. I think it's more just, you know, Joe Burrow didn't practice at all in training camp. He yeah. got hurt. He got hurt with that non-contact injury. Just came back literally, I want to say, five days prior to the yeah. season starting. Then he has to go play in a downpour for three and a half hours against yeah. Miles Garrett. Yeah. So it's just. So I'd give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt with the whole team. Now with um, the T Higgins getting eight targets and zero receptions that I can't really explain. Um, but you got to think them as a team is going to be crazy. better next week. I mean, I don't because think they're just too good at weapons. Watching that game. I don't more like, remember one ball that Joe Burrow threw that was like catchable. Okay. So I, I don't, I'm not putting that on T Higgins at all. I mean, yeah, still a great receiver, still a top 15 receiver and, the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the only person that looked decent was Joe Mixon. Yeah. I mean. Is he, he a captain for you guys? Yeah. I believe he's listed as captain, and that is something that I cannot believe after all the offseason drama that he's gone through this past offseason. Still a good leader. I guess I guess <laughs> in the locker room. I was going to say, good look at Ray Lewis. He caused a whole bunch of drama in his career, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. was still always a captain for Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, he's, one of, he's just one of those guys from the core that's like, He's been there a while. He knows the organization. Yeah. It's hard to have him not as captain just because, you know, something that he's not guilty for. Yeah. I guess, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and I kind of have some, like, crazy, like, backstory news when, you know, you brought up Ray Lewis. Um, my uncle, he's a he used to live in Atlanta, Georgia. And there was a time – he used to own a bar as well, I should say that. There was a time where Ray Lewis came into his bar one time and fucked up the bar. Let me tell you, got into a huge fight, <laughs> broke a bunch of shit. And from there on out, I never really became a fan of Ray Lewis because hearing this from my uncle, it's like, this guy's an asshole. Like, <laughs> like this guy thinks he's better than everyone else coming in and raiding people's bars. Yeah. 
And so, I don't know. I think that's just an interesting story. That's a good little story side bit. I heard that as a nine-year-old boy hearing that from my uncle. And then I go watch on football. Oh, the superstar linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens I hear you're talking about. (laughs) So so I guess that goes to show, I mean, not everyone's a great guy just because you're, you know, good at what you do. Professional sport, but... Yeah. But let's get past that because an interesting game that I want to talk about and I want to get into this team a little bit, and it's the Green Bay Packers. Um, I wasn't expecting a game like this against the Bears. Granted, it's a Chicago Bears team that is not very well-rounded. I mean, they got Justin Field at the head of the realm, but outside of that, I mean, there's not so much to talk about. But Jordan Love, you know, he was backing up Aaron Rodgers for a few years, gets his first chance to shine and he's picking up right where Aaron Rodgers left off in that division rivalry as the Packers won their ninth game in a row against the Chicago Bears. I think that was probably, for me, the the shock of the, the weekend between that and the Kansas City game. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect from Jordan Love, so I didn't put any money on it. I didn't put that game in, the, in my survivor pools because I didn't know what to expect from it from either side. But you said it perfect. Love picked right up where Aaron Rodgers left off. Um, you know, is he going to be continue to be serviceable or even better? Time will tell, but I don't see any indication as to why he won't yeah. from what I've seen on this And weekend. that's kind of perfect because it goes right to what I wanted to say. Are these guys for real or are was it a fluke? So, I mean, Matt here thinks that they got a chance to be for real I, if they can be successful on offense like they were. And Aaron Jones – Got to say as well, he looked incredible before he went down to the hamstring He's always injury. been a bully, though. Like, he's yeah. always been a you-can-rely-on-him type of back. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be a either the Packers or the Lions coming out of the, that division. Really? Yeah. You don't think? Well, because, you know, we got a Minnesota Vikings team as well who, I mean, had a pretty crazy season last year, didn't end the way they wanted, but they still got a good roster. Yeah. I mean, they lost to... Tampa Bay this week, right? They did. They yeah. did. They good lost old Baker they Mayfield. Lost a terrible good loss. old Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, but it goes back to that talk. You know, week one, who knows how much we can judge these teams off of yeah. week one. Um, but I want to get back to the Packers in a second because I'm really interested, you know, what again, what we all think as a whole about that team. But you know, Baker Mayfield was talking about it after the game. He said in the locker room at halftime, he was talking to his all all everyone on his offensive uh his his weapons, his offensive line. Um, he could read um, what the Tampa or excuse me, not Tampa Bay, what the Minnesota Vikings defense was running based off, you know, what their signal calls were. Yeah. So he was adjusting everything at the line. And it kind of maybe is a reason as to why he looked so good in week one, because, you know, th- it wasn't the Baker Mayfield that I was expecting. No. But maybe yeah. he's uh, finally going to take advantage of this opportunity that he has over in Tampa Bay with his crazy weapons. He might. I still don't have a lot of faith in Baker Mayfield, though. I mean, no, neither do I. I, I, I think it's more of a that was the Vikings looked awful defensively. They looked defense awful. Looked Kirk awful. Cousins fumbled three times, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just a recipe for disaster. Guy that didn't look awful on that Vikings offense, though. JJ, best wide receiver in football, <laughs> oh, Justin yeah. Jefferson. He had nine catches for 150 yards, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he's. He's going to get it done no matter yeah. what. I think yeah. Callie can throw him the football and he'll still get 150 yards. <laughs> <laughs> like the, yeah. dude is, the dude is ungodly. Like the next Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, for the shore. Like that guy is incredible. I'm yeah. kind of a believer on the type of side to where I think this Buccaneers team can maybe compete to win the division. Because when we're looking at their division, arguably the worst in football, um, to go along with the Panthers, the Falcons, and then um, Saints. and then the Saints. Thank you. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they were up there competing to win the division up there with the New Orleans Saints. I think those are arguably the two best teams in the division. Because give give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense a little bit of credit. I mean, they were all over Kirk Cousins. They forced the fumbles, didn't they? And they did. And I mean, Baker Mayfield, he has the weapons he needs to succeed. Yeah, and I mean, that defense we'll, is still good. I mean, they yeah. still have you know Levante David. I mean, pfft, dude that did the peace sign and Tyree Killface in the Super Bowl. Um, Antoine Winfield. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they still have their core guys. I think from when they were winning. On yeah, and that's always been their backbone is their defense. Yeah, and they still look good. I mean, three fumbles like. Like we mentioned earlier, I think I'm going to buy into the hype of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, <laughs> it's only one week, but I don't, I don't know. I just, I like their defense, and I think Baker has the weapons to get it done. I mean, we've seen him be successful. He's made it to the playoffs with the Browns before. He's won a playoff game. This guy came into the for the Rams last season when Matthew Stafford went down. Off how many days to learn the playbook? It was like one or two days, and then he came in and got them a W. So. I know there's a lot of hate on Baker Mayfield, and trust, I am not a fan of Baker Mayfield. <laughs> but you got to think, one, this is going to be his last opportunity to make it happen as a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I think he's going to do the best he can to make it successful, and he's got a great opportunity because backing him up, we got Kyle Trask, and I am not, not the one to yeah. think that Kyle Trask is going to be taking his job. Nah. So he's going to have all year to make some noise for himself. I mean, he's had he's – had- Bits and pieces of him being serviceable for sure, but I I'm still of the belief that he's just going to end up being another Geno Smith. I want to oh, see wow. consistency. Okay. If I can see consistency, then I'll buy into Baker Mayfield. But until then, I'm, you know, I mean, obviously he's a much better football player than I am, so I I don't really have any <laughs> right to talk shit about him. But yeah, you know, as a fan, I'm you know I just haven't fully bought in yet. But I will give him credit. You know, he, he got the dub. He looked very serviceable. Even last year, I thought Minnesota was the biggest fluke of the of the season. I didn't think. I mean, if you, and if you go back and look at it, a lot of their wins were against boo-boo to okay teams, and they were only winning by one to three points. So they squeaked out a lot of wins against teams that they probably should have beat a little more heavenly. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. So let let the season keep going on, and we'll see what Baker can do. I mean, next three weeks for the for the Buccaneers before they go into their bye week, they got the Chicago Bears at home this coming up week who, you know, looking at the Bears, that looks winnable to me. Um, and then you got the Philadelphia Eagles at home. Let's probably mark that down as a loss. <laughs> and then you got the New Orleans Saints, who I think is a great matchup for the two teams just to see how good these teams really are against each other um, before they go into their bye week. And with Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints – I mean, they squeaked by against Tennessee Titans this weekend. Yeah. Um, one of the yeah. games, 17 to 16, I think. It is not the start I wanted to see from the New Orleans Saints as I took them coming out of the coming out of their division for this year. But we'll see. Then again, it's only week one. Um, they still are waiting on Alvin Kamara to come back in a few weeks. Um, so they got a lot of promise. But I think they're going to be fine. Saints, I mean, like we were just talking about, they don't have much competition in their division. I mean, if Baker Mayfield is – the Saints' biggest competition in that division. I think they're okay. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, I would say the Falcons are maybe their biggest competition. I don't really like Tampa Bay just because I don't, I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. But that could change. That could change. But I'm not with you there. The running backs. I mean, Tyler Algier, Brian Robinson. They look great. They I did. mean, Desmond Ritter looked terrible 
Mm-hmm. If they had a quarterback, the Falcons would be a great football team. But Desmond Ritter looked bad. But that run game carried them, and they they beat the Panthers pretty heavily. Yeah, they did. And it surprised me. But then again, you know, we were talking about on the episode last week, rookie quarterbacks do not have good records going into their first uh, week of their career. Yeah. And it was just another good example of it. I mean, Bryce Young struggled. Yeah. But maybe give Atlanta credit, but I think they're just two of the more bottom teams in their conference. So it was more of kind of just a wash game in my eyes. What do you think? I think Bijan Robinson's going to be a stud. Yeah. Like, I think that dude is going to be up there. Give it maybe a year or two, and he'll be up there with the elite top five running backs in the league if he can stay healthy. Just his run style. And the only thing that worries me is Atlanta is such a run-heavy team that maybe he won't get the amount of snaps that he probably should get. With their uh, double duo? Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. And as far as New Orleans goes, I've always been, I don't want to say a Derek Carr fan, but I've never had anything bad against him. I know a lot in his career he hasn't had a lot of weapons and offensive lines to back him up the way that a quarterback should want. Um, But the Saints, they got a good squad. Decent defense. I I would say it's either going to be between them or the Falcons. Okay. That's if Ditter can can do anything because he did. But, again, you know, first game in the NFL, everyone's got to have those butterflies. Yeah. Not very many people can come in and, sorry for the pun, but not many people can come in their first game like Ben Roethlisberger and just win 15 (laughs) in a row. Just saying. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. And win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so – I think I think it'll be the Saints in the long run, but I'm I'm sorry I'm with Ben. I don't really, as of right now, I don't think I don't think the Bucks just I don't think they have it. I think they can be serviceable on defense, but I just I need to see more offense before I become a believer. Are we saying the same thing about the Packers too, or we think the Packers got a little more promise? I think the Packers have a little more promise. Yeah. Um, I just like Jordan Love better than Baker Mayfield. I mean, I know it's his first game that we've seen him start. You know, he's sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for up until now. Yeah. And, but he looked really good. I mean, we had the Bears winning in that game. Um, didn't happen. Not even close. But so I think the Packers are – I'm not – I don't think their game was a fluke necessarily. Okay. I have to see more, but I don't think it was a fluke. I think they have potential. Yeah, we definitely got a lot to learn from week one. I will <laughs> yeah. say that. Yeah. But that that's what, that's what it's all about. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see in the next coming weeks how they, how they feel. I want to go back to the Bills-Jets Monday Night Football game a little bit because we talked about the Jets and how they rallied and how they showed how much they've grown as a team being able to win that game. But I want to talk about Josh Allen a little bit because, I mean, if anyone heard what he had to say in his press conference after the game, there was no one more down than he was on himself after that game, throwing three interceptions, um, pretty much costing his team the game, basically. And he was saying it was the same old shit from last year. And he blamed it on himself. He said he has to be better. But is this like the new normal for Josh Allen? Or are we expecting a turnaround? Because I'm the type of guy that thinks that this guy is a top three quarterback in the NFL. And it's just weird to see this from him forcing a lot of balls like that. In a big game, in a tight game, against a Jets team that is very desperate to win that game, especially after seeing their star quarterback go down. I don't know. I mean, I never thought Josh Allen was overrated, but he's... He is a turnover. He's a turnover machine. Yeah. I mean, most in the NFL in the past, what, two seasons? Yeah. 
Oh, he was up there. He, w- he wasn't leading last year. I think it was Dak Prescott that led leading picks last year, but he was <laughs> yeah. definitely up there. He was yeah, one I of mean, them. Yeah, well, he Dak was... doesn't count because he leads in turnovers every year. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Outside of Dak. <that. laughs> but, but, I mean, I feel like it's it's hard to explain because I don't think he's bad, but he is going to continue to turn the ball over a lot just from how they run their offense through him. Because th- he, he runs the ball, he passes the ball. Like he has a ball in his hands every play, whether he's running it or throwing it. But that's where I feel like it's just strictly mental errors. You know, he's he's making those mistakes on his own. Why? I mean, granted, yeah, it's third down, but why are you slinging the ball fifty-five yards downfield into double coverage? I think that was when that looked the like game. they were okay with like a punt type of interception though, because he caught that at like the five-yard line. You know? Yeah. But I mean, he had three. He had three. The picks. other two picks were bad though. Yeah, yeah. and those were. Those were. And let's give a shout out to Whitehead. Three picks in the same yeah. game. That's he, like two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, incentive. He yeah. got it in his first game. You yeah. don't see that every day. No, that's awesome. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. Credit to the Jets defense. And the reason why I still think the Jets can compete this year, granted, I don't think they're going to do nothing crazy come playoff time. But their defense is legit, and we saw that against the top offense in the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. So, granted, they're going to be tested a lot of more times these next few weeks. they got the Dallas Cowboys coming up. Dallas Cowboys looked like the best team in football, in my opinion, this past weekend. So, Yeah, I'd probably say the 49ers. but We'll see how Zach Wilson looks. Yeah. One more game before I get into my uh, top five power rankings for after week one. I want to talk about the Dolphins-Chargers game because that, in my opinion, was also a very exciting game, obviously. High-scoring game. Both offenses looked unreal. Um, to attack of Iloa. A sleeper MVP candidate for this year. I mean, everyone was talking about him a lot because, you know, going through all that head trauma last year, a lot of people thought he should have retired last season. He's coming back and he looks better than ever. Granted, he did underthrow a couple of his balls again, like he does every week, but threw for over 400 passing yards. Tyreek Hill, his receiver, had 215 yards. That offense looked as unstoppable as any offense I saw in week one. I don't know about you guys. That game was super exciting to watch. By far the most exploding game as far as big plays and, and ooh and ah moments. Plus, it did help. I won a single-game parlay five-legger and $187 on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had to toss um, that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to throw that in there. Um, but the amount of weapons on both of those squads – you should have knew it was going to be. I mean, I think the over-under was set at 51 before the game kicked off. Um, so you should have known it was going to be a shootout. Um, Tua, I didn't expect this fast of a start. Granted, he's got the penguin himself, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill throwing to, or th- throwing them the ball. So, Or he's throwing them the ball. So, I mean, I picked the Chargers to win. And, I mean, it was a close contested game. But it, you're right. It was fun. And... The Dolphins, I'm a believer in. I, I'm I'm a believer in their defense. Uh, you know, probably needs a little work, a couple of hiccups along the way. Not to take away from from the work that they've done. So I don't know. We'll see. But they could possibly win their division. Yeah, if they keep playing this way. And I was just about to get into that because you know, in the off season, at first I was talking about the Bills, and then before the Aaron Rodgers injury, I was kind of a believer in the Jets. I said I think the Jets are going to win the division. And now it's kind of all over the place. We don't really know. Aaron Rodgers is down, done for the year. Josh Allen looked a little suspect with his three interceptions on Monday night. And granted, the Dolphins' defense didn't look fantastic against the Chargers, but 
Chargers offense is also one of the top in the league. Yeah. And they still had the Dolphins brought in some key acquisitions this yeah. offseason to add along to their lethal offense. I don't think it's crazy at all to say the Dolphins can win the division and not even that, but possibly compete come playoff time yeah. down in the winter. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what too, you think. I picked the Dolphins last week to win. Yeah, you did. AFC East and um I'm a hey, now I'm more of a believer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> after, you know, I hate to say it, but after seeing Aaron Rodgers go down the Jets, I don't think they're contenders anymore. I think they win seven games. Wow. I mean. I know with Zach Wilson. They're not going to. They can win football games putting up 20 points. Yeah, but you got to look at this. If Allen didn't throw those three picks to Whitehead, what would the score have looked like then? I agree. You just, I, agree. I feel like the offenses, like around the league, like a majority of the offenses looked really bad. And I don't think the Dolphins defense is going to be able to win them as many games as we think they can right now because of how bad the offenses look. But here's why they can be so good because they their offense is explosive. They can score forty any given night. And if their defense finds a way to figure out the Jets. figure it out. Oh, the Jets you're talking about. Yeah. The Jets might be in some trouble. But I still <laughs> think their defense can win them some games. I mean yeah. granted Josh Allen threw three interceptions, but they're not gonna be playing a quarterback like Josh Allen every week. So granted their the quarterback they face might not throw three interceptions but he also may not be slinging it down the field for 250, 300 yards in that ball game, you know? Yeah. I think the Jets are a type of team, like I said, it can put up 20, score three touchdowns and a field goal and win the football game. Two touchdowns and a, fo- and a field goal and win the football game with how good their defense looked. I can see that. Um, I still think that they're going to end up being last in the division. Last I mean, in the division Mac, Mac Jones played pretty serviceably this week. He did. So if he continues that... You know, I mean, the Patriots got an okay defense. You know, I'm not saying it'll take him anywhere, but as far as the Jets go, I mean, just the look on Robert Sala's face <laughs> said it all right after it happened. I mean, yeah, he was professional in the little, little side, uh, the, the, the side interview that he did right after it happened or whatever. But, I mean, that's got to take the whole wind out of everyone, not just the fans, but the whole organization. I mean, they were banking on that. They spent all their time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears on getting Aaron Rodgers to New York to save the city. Yeah, (laughs) and they practiced the whole offseason preparing for an Aaron Rodgers run offense, and now they're just... Now they're back to Zach. And it's sad because I was excited to see that. Oh, yeah, I was With all the cadences that he was teaching his receivers, his young receivers, just watching that at the line, that would have been so fun to watch. Yeah, but I mean, with Garrett Wilson, just throw it up to him and he'll get it. (laughs) Yeah, he'll just bat it to, he'll just bat it to himself. <laughs> we'll get it. He's he's gonna be so good one day. I know. I, I said mean, I he's gonna, so good right now. But. He is. He's one of. The, he's arguably a top ten receiver in the league already. Yeah, I mean, oh, talent wise, yeah. definitely. He hasn't shown the production yet, but he hasn't. I, in my, it's I he hasn't had a fair it's chance coming. to, in my opinion. But before uh, I, we, uh, yeah, go ahead, move go on ahead. to your power five. Uh-huh. Um, C.J. Stroud, shout out. They didn't win the game. They, he didn't score a touchdown. But he completed 28 passes in his first rookie start. Yeah, for the Texans. I can't believe that didn't come up the whole time so far. 28 passes, 242 <laughs> passing yards, no interceptions. Offensive line looked horrendous. Got sacked five times. <laughs> he didn't stand a chance in hell playing for that team. Sadly, but hopefully, hopefully, he can stay healthy here this season because I yeah. think they have a decent future ahead of him yeah you know, I mean I think he year, I think he has a great picks. future out of him yeah like yeah. I know he didn't they didn't win the game they lost by 16 points but for a rookie quarterback going up against that Ravens defense to complete 28 passes 
I know you're looking at me like he. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but I, I thought he, I thought he looked great. Yeah. If they can keep adding pieces around him for the next couple of years, I mean, I don't see any reason why. I mean, because you can be as good as you want at the QB slot. You got to have people to throw it to. Yeah. And you at least have to have one of the sides of your lines definitively protecting you. So you get him an offensive line that he can at least stay on one side of and get him one or two people to throw to. I mean, I mean who Robert, knows? The sky's the limit. Robert yeah. Woods and Nico Collins didn't look that bad. But I just don't. I don't think, I don't think they're, they're not yeah. the answer. Yeah, yeah. they're not, right not going to be consistent. They're not. I, don't I know. think. I think some of the receivers like John Mechie, Tank Dell. I think they Tank have. Tank look good too. Yeah. I think I mean, they Dell have big really opportunities good. to yeah. take over as some of those top wide receivers on that team. Because Noah Brown, a former receiver for the Cowboys, joined to the squad as well. He suffered a groin injury in Week One, and they said he's gonna he's gonna be heading on the short term IR. Yeah. So get rid of him. There's a lot of opportunity over there in Houston. And it'll be interesting to see who takes advantage of it. Yeah, and that division's terrible too. I mean, those division games are going to be like. There is one team that's really competitive, and a team that I think can be very successful in a dominant AFC conference this year, and it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh yeah, their offense looked incredible yeah. against the Colts in Week One. Yeah, and I think a lot to do with that has to do with um, obviously their quarterback Trevor Lawrence hitting year three, probably going to hit a stride this year. Calvin Ridley as well, number zero. You're putting it up. <laughs> Coming back from his suspension from gambling last year, he sure looked out. incredible. Yeah. He's arguably also can be a top 12 receiver in football shortly. Yes, yeah. he was. I think he already is. That one, I was, that one two punch is going to be extremely lethal. I don't know year. when I was saying it. I don't know if it was off the air or on the air, but Calvin Ridley. I mean, before he got hurt, he was top five receiver in the league. Not hurt before he got suspended and. Everybody well, kind of forgot about him. Like, you well, because remember, he took time off for mental health. Yeah. yeah. And then while he had that time off is when he was gambling, and then they had to suspend him. Yeah. Kind of goes together, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess but, so. That's I mean, not a bad point. <laughs> he's back he's better back. than ever, though. Yeah, I mean, he looks <laughs> Back great. like he never left. What was that, eight for 101 and a touchdown? Yeah, yeah I believe you're right. I, I believe think you're that right. Was, and what was Lawrence's line? 24 for 32, 241 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw an interception. I think they need to air it out a little bit more, stretch the ball downfield, especially against a Colts team like that. But it's week one, probably trying to settle in with his new receiver. Granted, I think they looked really good. Yeah. yeah. And we'll see how their defense plays out. If their defense can find a way to be successful this year, I'm, I would really look out for yeah. this team in the AFC come playoff time because I really think they'd, they're right up there with yeah. all those guys. I mean, on the other side of the ball – Anthony Richardson didn't look bad either in his first Not start. I mean, I know he had a rushing touchdown. I think he arguably looked like the best rookie quarterback out there. Yeah, hands one. down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just he's just so athletic. He can do so much with his feet and his arm. He can throw the ball damn near 80 yards. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> he can. Hyperbolize him a little bit. 80 yards? Yes. Yes. Who can throw 80 yards in the NFL? Him. What? He uh, has the boy, strongest. The boy that used to quarterback for um, the Raiders could. He could do it from his butt. Uh, <laughs> he could. <laughs> what, what was his name? He could. Oh I, my. I cannot remember his Who name. Who are you talking life. about? Was Super it the tall guy? Was it the. Not Jamal Russell. It was something Russell, wasn't it? God, this I'm is I'm not bugging too sure. Me. We're talking about before my time. Joe Milton, Joe Milton for Tennessee said he could throw the ball 90 yards. It's okay. possible. People just saying. Say, he has a strong arm in the league. can anything they want. He can toss it. <laughs> if, if they had the longest, you know, that longest Jamarcus one. Russell. Yeah, Jamarcus, Jamarcus Russell. Russell. <laughs> yeah. There's 80 a vi- yards? Video yeah. of him laying on his back. 
throwing at 80 yards. That's unreal. Yeah. yeah. It's unreal. <laughs> it's not as rare as you think. Let me get into my uh, top five <laughs> power rankings because I'm very interested what you guys have to say about this. Steelers number one. And I, ha- <laughs> and I have it listed the way right now, but I'm going to tweak it up a little bit because this is how I truly believe. Just looking after week one. Starting at five, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. Granted, they lost week one against the um, Detroit Lions. They were without their biggest weapon, Travis Kelsey, who's ar- who's not arguably – he is the best tight end in football. And has Chris Jones. Ch- has a chance to be the best tight end to ever do it when it's all said and done. And then leader of the defense for them, D-tackle Chris Jones. It was a great game. I think the Lions are going to be really good this year. I think they have a chance to win the division. You said it. Um, and I love Dan Campbell as a head coach. He turned that franchise around. Yeah, that fake punt on, in a re- yeah, on, on their that own first 20 drive, was – that's making a statement right now. That there. was awesome. But when we're yeah. talking about a Kansas City Chiefs team with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and then they're getting their anchor back on the defensive end, I'm still a believer. I think this is the team to beat in the AFC still. I'm putting them at number five on my power rankings. At number four, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles. And the reason I have them at four and not higher is because their defense looked fantastic in the first quarter. Um, getting two turnovers in the first half, getting them up to 16-0 out the gate right away. Um, but then they kind of slowed down a little bit, and Mac Jones was dealing on them. I mean, you were talking about it a little bit, Matt. And looking at the stats, he had over 300 passing yards. He had multiple touchdowns. He was doing what he wanted in the second half. And that's something that kind of made me take a step back a little bit with this Eagles defense. Granted, it's loaded, but Mac Jones doesn't have any crazy weapons or anything. If he's doing that against Philadelphia Eagles, yeah, let's give the Patriots some credit. Maybe they'll be able to compete this year, but I'm going to back it up a little bit with Philadelphia. And also with their offense, too. Jalen Hurts did not look all that great in week one against the Patriots. Like I said, they got 16 16 of their 25 points right away, basically from their defense in the first quarter. And then looking at Jalen Hurts' total stats from the game, only 170 yards and a touchdown. I mean, yeah, he didn't turn the ball over he didn't do anything to kill him but I was expecting a little bit more from that Eagles offense from that dominant Eagles offense from last season um, with their crazy wide receiver weapons that they have Devontae Smith and AJ Brown um, but then and their again defense. but then again I still have them at four on my list I think they're have a loaded roster it's only week one I'm not going to judge too much I put them at four and number three I'm going with the Miami Dolphins and that's because yeah, their defense gave up uh, 34 points, but I still think they're going to have one of the best defenses in the league when it's all said and done. And then they also have the most explosive offense in football, and it's not even close when you have the two fastest receivers in football. And like you said, the Penguin and the Cheetah, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. With two of throwing the ball, two has a chance to win MVP this year. Yeah. That team's going to be scary, and they're going to compete to win it all this year. I think Tyreek Hill has a chance to win MVP this year. Yeah. (laughs) He said he was going for 2,000 yards this year. He gets 2,000, he wins the MVP. He's on pace for like... (laughs) (laughs) 3,500. So we'll see how how he does the rest of the year. But with the way they looked, I'm putting him at three in my power rankings, and I think that's fair. At number two, I'm going with the 49ers, and I think that's self-explanatory. Their offense looked unreal under Brock Purdy. Their defense only gave up... Um, seven points to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, it's self-explanatory why I'm putting the 49ers at two. Um, and then at one, I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. And that might shock you a little bit, but that defense against the New York Giants was the scariest I have ever seen. It really was. And with Stephon Gilmore, first game with a new team, getting an interception, had three pass deflections when I was looking at the stats, 
And then you add with Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Travion Diggs, Leighton Vander Esch working their linebacker spot. That defense is going to keep them in any game they play against any team. I don't care how good of the team they're playing. Dak Prescott didn't really have to do a whole lot against the Giants team, but I think their offense is going to be lethal this year. Another year, uh, Mike McCarthy, Tony Pollard's the main guy in their backfield now. I think he's a dominant force for them. He's incredibly elusive. And then CeeDee Lamb's only getting better and better. So I put them at number one on my list. And it's crazy to say it's three of the five teams on my power rankings are NFC. And so, yeah, I think the AFC is better overall. But those top dogs in the AFC or in the NFC are no joke. So I'm curious what you guys think. <laughs> Am I missing anyone? Am I reaching a little bit? I think you're reaching on that Chiefs. I think you're saying. reaching a little bit at Dolphins at three. Okay. Um, you know, Chargers didn't. You know, I I know they're great. Their offense is great. Um, you know, their defense has good talent, but I think they're a little suspect. Okay. You know, they beat a good team. That was a great win for the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, but I have to see more. I mean, it was week one. Um, next week, I think that the Bills and the Bengals are going to be – up there, I think that, you know, teams like the Eagles might move up. Teams like the Cowboys might not win by 40. Having said that, the Cowboys looked very dominant. I mean, the Winning Giants 40 looked, to nothing on the Giants looked like the old Giants, you know, yeah. Yeah. worst team in the league. <laughs> From before Brian Dable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they looked horrible. Daniel Jones is not the answer. They paid him all this money, and he looked horrible. Yeah. I mean. But it just goes to show, I've been saying it all episode, we can't overreact from week one with some of these guys. Yeah. Yeah, they just paid Daniel Jones all that money. He went up against probably the best defense he'll go up all, all season. Yeah. And it's the same thing with your boy. Joe Burrow just got paid, highest paid player in NFL history, and he dropped a dud against Cleveland yeah, Browns. Yeah, terrible. So, I don't know. We'll see. But there's a reason why I couldn't have teams, you know, like the Bengals. Yeah. Like the Bills. That's terrible. Like, I mean, I'd still put the Chiefs at five because they got some guys back now. But, you know. I couldn't put those teams in these in this top five because they didn't look good last week. They did. No, yeah, they did not. So uh, you seemed like you had a problem with the Chiefs. Yeah. Who's uh, the team you feel in there, though? Uh, my power ranking would actually... It's very similar to yours, though, with a couple slots uh, mixed around except for the Chiefs. The Chiefs would not be in mine. In the Chiefs spot, I'd actually put the Jags. They really, okay. really impressed me. Um offense looked really 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 good like i said defense was serviceable anthony richardson just they didn't know what to expect with him i think um so yeah they did give up 21 but you know i'm excited for the season and they did a lot to show me um you know that this could be finally the year that they don't go and blow a 27 point lead um <laughs> and then as far as Man, the Niners are number one, in my opinion. I know that may be a little biased considering I watched that game a little more closely, but I do believe that the Niners' offense is a little more dominant than the Cowboys' offense. And okay. Both defenses yeah. are insanely good. Yeah, that's. I would probably do the same thing. It's um, a good take. Yeah. Yes, but Cowboys right there, number two. And then the Dolphins and the Eagles, for me, would be switched. I would put the Eagles at four and the Dolphins at three. Okay, yeah, that's what I had to it. I have it right here, but I swapped it. Oh, yeah, I had the yeah, Dolphins yeah. at three, so we're similar there. And I didn't, I didn't say it beforehand because I was curious if one of you guys were going to say it, but I had Jacksonville right there behind him at six. Yeah, it looked really good. 
Trevor Lawrence is only getting better. Yeah. Six five man that can throw it just as good as anybody, honestly, other than Patrick Mahomes. And he can move out of the pocket if he needs He's to. He's mobile. Yeah. We It's not his bread and butter, but if he needs to, he can do it and be effective. I mean, sadly we've seen it as Ohio State fans, even when he was at Clemson. I mean, in the playoff game, he torched us on the ground. Why are you bringing yeah. up old shit? Well, I just, <laughs> it's stuck in my brain forever. I can't help it. It is. But we would have won that game if he couldn't run the ball. Yeah. But, <laughs> so that was my top five. I'm not going to mock Stephen A, but I kind of want to. It's fluid. You know, it's fluid. You know, it's good. <laughs> I, gotta, <laughs> I don't know what else he says, but it's fluid. Got to round it out. <laughs> he was he was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, and he was no, talking. was he? he? He was talking so much cash about uh, the, the Cowboys. He was like, "Just give it time. Just give it time. They they're gonna ruin it. Trust and believe. When it's time for Dak to play, they're gonna that. ruin it. He was like they can win sixteen games, get to the playoff, they're gonna lose." <laughs> I mean, when was the last time they got out of the divisional round? I think it's been like twenty years. Yeah. So he's got a he's got a point for saying that. I mean, that's fair. Oh, I agree but, with him wholeheartedly. I think yeah. Dak Prescott's possibly one of the most overrated quarterbacks that we've seen in the last 50 years. I have never been a Dak fan. I do not believe in him one way or the other. I mean, he's got talents and spots, but not where it counts, not when it needs to count. So, I mean, I'm I'm all for Stephen A's outlook on that one. I think Dak <laughs> I mean, is, he's a little biased. Dak is whack, you know. I, I'm going to believe in Dak this year. I think he figures out his turnover problems a little bit. Um now, I can't talk about what they're going to do in the playoffs because, first of all, they got to make it. It's a long season ahead of us. Yeah. We'll see how these teams round, uh, round out. And the NFC is um, probably going to be a lot better than everyone anticipated coming into the season, I believe. I mean, I'm still a believer that it's a three-man race in the NFC and the Eagles, Niners, and Cowboys. Yeah, I just think they're yeah. a whole tier in front of everybody else. Absolutely. Definitely. I mean, there's some good teams. but Definitely. Those I mean, guys, last week we said the Seahawks were the fourth-best team in the conference. Don't look like that anymore. <laughs> I mean, I don't even – I don't know who else is – Like, I, I honestly – Their top dogs are I don't are know great. if I could tell you either. Because, like, I mean, looking at the NFC right now, teams that won the game. You have to say the Rams, I guess, Packers, just from the way they like, performed. Maybe the Lions? Maybe, yeah, probably well, the yeah, Lions. Lions. Lions, Packers, that's not a bad one. Um, those are the only those two teams in the Seahawks, I still think, are Do the we only have time to talk to about that? What do we think of the Lions? Do we think do we think that they're they're the the truth, or do we think that it's gonna end up like Detroit season normally ends up? I just don't know how I feel about their defense. You know, I'm, granted, I agree. granted, they did the job against Kansas City. But they also didn't have one of the most elusive tight ends ever to play the game. Exactly. Who gets 100 yards damn near a game. But, so. their, but their offense looked pretty promising. Only scoring 21 against the Chiefs defense that isn't that good without Chris Jones. Yeah. So we'll see. It's already I not just, yeah, great that game with was so Chris hard Jones. To judge, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, Travis Kelsey was out, but the guys he was throwing to, Patrick Mahomes, that's why I want to put them in my top five. Okay. Their weapons outside of Travis Kelsey are god awful. I mean, we saw we saw him do it last year with his terrible weapons outside of Travis Kelsey, and they yeah, went but out. They were better. They well, yeah, yeah but were, when Kelsey's on them. the field, everyone's paying attention to him, which leaves them open more. They didn't have to worry about that. So and no I feel one, that's like not going to change. Whole, and his weapons last year were way better than he has this year. I mean, I wouldn't say way better. There's not he lost his, he lost two got two receivers that are better than any receiver on their team right now. And McCall Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. He lost both of them. I'm there. not a fan of Juju Smith-Schuster. McCall no, Hardman, I, mean, I understand. He's an injury waiting to happen, but Juju Smith-Schuster is way better than Sky Moore. He's way better than Kadarius Toney. I think Kadarius Toney can actually be 
a key asset to this offense if he can learn to just catch the football. He can. Yeah. I mean, he normally, can. You he P- normally you learn that. Normally you learn that in Pee Wee football. Yeah. He was open every time he was targeted. He's gonna yeah. stop beating popcorn you know, before just, the game. Yeah. yeah the diamond. Seriously. <laughs> But that's why I still think this Chiefs off or this Chiefs team will be completely fine. You said it yourself. Travis Kelsey takes all the pressure off the rest of the receivers. He still has um, Marquise Valdez Scantling. If Kadarius Tony can stop eating popcorn before the game, I think he can be good for them. I the think KO out of the backfield can be serviceable, especially running screens. Isaiah Pacheco, yeah. I love Pacheco. He's a good he's a good football yeah. player. He's another speedster for them. Yeah, they're I the team know. to beat in the AFC. Mm. But the Lions will. There's a lot to see from that line. I that division is going to be yeah. really interesting with the Packers and the Vikings. I just yeah. don't know what to make of him. I will say this. I'm on St. Brown. That yeah. dude is no joke. Yeah. yeah. He's, that he's, dude he's so is good. legit. He's for real. He's going to keep getting his touches. and I mean, I hope he does. He's on my fantasy team. but Maybe next week we go and do a wide receiver rankings because there's a lot of studs in the league yeah, right now. It's crazy. Because it, there's wait. a lot of old ones. There's a lot of young ones. We got to wait. I don't know. I'm still putting that's Jamar in, too. Stuff. That's yeah, something I want to talk about right now. But Amon Ra is the future, and he's here right now. He's he's gonna be a big reason if the Lions are successful this year. He's yeah. gonna be the main they're gonna reason. be successful. I mean, Jameer Gibbs looked great when they put him in the game, which was yeah. upsetting me. I mean, I don't know why he didn't touch the ball more or play more. Like David Montgomery and yeah. the, you know he had that one long run in the I think it was the fourth quarter. Yeah, spun off the, the dude, end. pushed him down, yeah. stared him down a little bit. Yeah, he didn't see the field for the next like ten snaps. Like I just don't. They put Dave Montgomery in, and then they went sure. three and out. Like, they ended up punting. Obviously, I don't have an answer for that. But, you know, we were talking about all offseason. I'm a big fan of a two-headed horse race for running backs for football teams because it brings that dynamic-type style Yeah, for the just, run game. Because you never really know. You can't prepare. I mean, you can prepare for two running backs, but you never know what to expect and how they're going to use them when you have to. I just, and it's kind of the same thing with Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson with the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, I think Bijan's going to end up being the main guy. Yes, I think he gets the focal point of the rushes. But I still think they're going to use Tyler Algier all year. He looked good. Yeah, he looked great. And I think he's yeah. too good of a player to not use. I think he had more touches and yards than Bijan. He did. I just don't think that Dave Montgomery looked good enough to be getting as many touches as he did. Yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree. Gibbs, I agree. Gibbs should have definitely got the, the horse of the load. Like Gibbs yeah. looked great. He did. Yeah. He looked great. He there could be some motivating factor we don't know of maybe a coaching situation or something that they didn't want him out there maybe he's nursing something but and that's the only thing i can think of because visually he would he looked definitely look like yeah. he should have gotten most touches i don't know maybe he has maybe he had like a fumble problem or something we don't know of you know could be something maybe. in the preseason couldn't Hopefully hold on to the ball. With an explanation, yeah. Just hold it. You know, us football like fans were like, "There's no the reason they're not be getting a guy like that the ball as much as possible." Yeah. So to wind out the NFL before we go and talk about our Buckeyes, because we got to talk about that quarterback situation. I'm curious. You know, we talked about Survivor League a little bit. I feel bad. You're out of it already. <laughs> that was your fault too. It's not my <laughs> fault. I thought we were going in on <laughs> that together. Don't blame me. We were going. In. Me. Don't blame we were going me in on that together. Mistakes. All right, I, I, I agree with you. I thought those were the two, because we said it. No game's a lock in the NFL. You pulled I don't out. care who's playing. You pulled out and you didn't I even tell I said the Ravens me, and the Seahawks were the two biggest keys. I'm so, I, I got scared. I got scared. I'm going to be honest. Should have told me you got scared. <laughs> a little quick text. Ben. I couldn't. I had to cover OSU women's <laughs> soccer. I, I couldn't tell you. I was busy. I'm still in in both of mine. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, talking about that, if there's one game you had to pick for this week, for a survivor league, I mean, 
I'll, I'll show it to you right now. I mean, what's one game that you're probably taking out of out of the slate this weekend? Oh, I can tell you because I already chose both of mine. Uh, I didn't want to choose the same in each league just in case one lost, but I took New Orleans and won. Um, and who are they going? Uh, they are going against, uh, I believe it's the Panthers. Uh, and then I also took uh, Baltimore. Against Cincinnati. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I don't know if I like that one that much. <laughs> the Saints one I love, honestly. I didn't even see that when I was looking at it earlier. I love that now pick. You have me second guessing. What do you think, Ben? Cowboys. That's easy. Right off the bat. The Cowboys are beating uh-huh. Zach Wilson in the Jets. Zach Wilson's going to go throw three picks this weekend against the Cowboys defense. No other games you're questioning or possibly taking? You're sitting on it? I mean, I'm not taking the Chiefs or the Jaguars. The Bears-Buccaneers is going to be a close game. Maybe the Chargers against the Titans. Maybe. Lions-Seahawks, that's going to be a tight game. I'm not Bengals-Ravens tight game. Bills-Raiders. I mean, I like the Bills in that game, but yeah, who but knows I'm not what sold on the Bills, you yeah. know? I mean, Falcons-Packers, both teams are 1-0. Honestly, the Eagles over the Vikings. I think that could... I think there's better games than that. Yeah, but I mean... You see the Eagles losing this weekend? So I'm an idiot. I didn't mean to say Ravens because I picked them last week. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers is who I picked, not okay. the Ravens. Yeah. So the New Orleans Saints against the Carolina Panthers, and then you took the Green Bay Packers against the Falcons on the road. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, like I said, man, Green Bay, they, they put on a show. And Jordan Love, the only reason I believe in what he can do is because of who he sat behind. If he was just someone that came from some, you know, random squad where he was a backup to someone that's probably going to be a backup somewhere else. No, but he sat behind Aaron Rodgers for what? Three years. Yeah. Yeah. Three years. So, I mean, he had to learn something along the way and for him to come out there and be more than serviceable. Yeah. It was against Chicago. I hear you on that, but the Falcons defense doesn't really, you know, tickle my fancy either. So (laughs) I don't want to pick, I mean, don't get me wrong. I agree with Ben as far as the Cowboys and and all the other teams he listed, but in my strategy, I'm trying to pick those games to get those out the way. That way the stronger opponents, I still have to pick later on as the season goes on. Yeah. And that's kind of exactly what I was going to bring up when I was talking about mine, because I mean, when we're talking about automatic locks, I mean, this week is really close. It is really the, tough. The games are the games are really good. I think the Cowboys is your biggest lock. I don't think that's a lock. I don't think there's any games that are locks. I think there's more safe plays than others. Like I think the 49ers is an incredibly safe play against the Rams this week. Yeah. I mean, just because of how dominant their defense looked, there's still no Cooper Cup. I know their offense looked good, but they're no they're not going up against the Seahawks defense again. But then again, like you said, I probably still wouldn't take it because you want to try and get a win and save the 49ers for later on in the season. Um I'm a huge fan of your Saints play just because that's a team that you want to get out of the way, and it's you're going up against a safe team in the Carolina Panthers with a rookie, Bryce Young, who still hasn't proved much yet, and they have no weapons on that offense. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I know they got DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo. I don't know about Adam Thielen's health. We'll see about that. And they got Miles Sanders in the backfield, but I think, this, I think the Saints win that game. Granted, I think it might be close. But I think the Saints pull away in that game. Well, the Saints are still trying to put together their offense and really understand what their identity is. So that's why I felt it was a safe pick because Carolina don't look like they know how to spell their name, let alone what their identity is. Yeah. (laughs) But another another team that I'm taking, and I'm probably going to take them in my Survivor League this week, um, it's the Los, Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, they're coming off a tough loss last week. Their offense looked spectacular. 
um, against a defense that is going to be very good this year. I don't care what anyone says. Their defense is going to be good this year. And they were going up against Tennessee Titans team that did not look good at all week one. Yeah, they couldn't. Um, did they even score a touchdown that game? No, I think it was all field goals. Yeah, it was four field goals, I think. Five field goals. Yeah, 15 points. Five field goals in uh, week one against the New Orleans Saints. So, yeah, I think they'll be able to score some points on the Chargers, but I think the Chargers coming off a tough loss against the Dolphins, I think they're a safe play to bounce back week one on the road. Yeah, I can agree with that. So with that being said, let's move on to the Buckeyes for a few minutes because we got to talk about it. I mean, I don't know how to feel about week two. I mean, you said after this game I'd be feeling a whole lot better about our offense. Now I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I feel that way. It's we, because Devin we Brown won, played Hang on, a whole let me finish. Yeah. We play, We finished the game thirty. We won thirty-five to seven. Um, Kyle McCord did. He had two hundred fifty-eight yards and three touchdowns. He looked really, really good. And Ryan Day just announced on Tuesday that he's going to be the full-time starter, and he's going to be the guy throughout the year. I think that's fantastic that we got that out of the way for a week for Kyle McCord to just be the man to get ready against Notre Dame. But I don't care who we have at quarterback, whether it's McCord or Devin Brown in the game. We need to score. Yeah, And did we, what did we have, one touchdown in the second half against Youngstown State? It's unacceptable. Yeah, it's unacceptable. I mean, very. In and the second half? In the second half, we had one touchdown. And I think it that's was too just, much Devin Brown, man. I mean, we put him out there. He doesn't look good. We leave him out there. He still doesn't look good. Leave him out there again. He still Well, I like that he was giving him his opportunity because he said he was going to give it to him. Finally gave it to him in week two. Didn't give it to him in week one. And we found out who it is. We found out that he's... Not as good as we were thinking he was going to be coming into the season. And so Kyle McCord's going to be our guy, and I'm completely okay with that. But I don't, know, I don't know how I felt about our run off offense either, honestly. It didn't look great. Travion but, didn't look like Travion. For but sure. I'm, but I'm still, I still got belief because I've seen them dominate, you know. And we also got Chip Trainum. We were talking about him last week. We got a three-headed horse yeah. um, down in Columbus. So I think we'll be fine, but... You just got to give us more time, man. Offensive line has to get a little better. They I mean, do. And I believe that the they'll time improve. in college and NFL. Yeah. The Bengals went through it last year. I don't know if you remember. Joe Burrow, offensive line looked terrible first two weeks. You know, Joe Burrow got sacked like eight times against the Cowboys week two. It was our second loss in a row to start the year. Then, you know, around week five, week six, the offensive line looked a lot better. Bengals started winning some games. You just got to give them time. They got to build a chemistry. Uh, it's true. No, nah, I'm just saying you would compare the of. Buckeyes to your boys. Yeah, <laughs> my my two Ohio Got to find a way. Yeah. Got to find a way to compare them. Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow, Ohio State. I mean, it's it's all there. So Kyle McCord's <laughs> the main guy for us Buckeyes, and I feel good about it. I think he's going to find a way to come into his own. He looked a little bit better. He did a great job getting our weapons the ball. Marvin Harrison had a much better day. Seven catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns. Granted, again, it's only Youngstown State, but that's as promising as it's going to get. And then Emeka Buka, he had five for 94 and a touchdown as well. So as long as we're getting our playmakers the ball, I think we can beat anybody. I don't care. Even though I don't think we may not be yeah. as talented. I think we have some of the best wide receivers in college football right now. Yeah. I mean, the most impressive part about the team right now, in my opinion, is the defense. And I yeah. know it's Youngstown State, but we just have a ton of talent on the defense line. Our linebackers are finally, you know, looking Our good. Our secondary looks good. Denzel Burke looks, you know, like freshman year Denzel Burke. He does. He's, you know, he looks yeah. like a first-round draft pick. Uh-huh. Tommy Eichenberg leading the charge on the, yeah. on the linebacker spot. He's doing what he's always done. He's been dominant. C.J. Hicks doesn't even really see the field, and Ryan Day raves about him. Raves about him. Doesn't Can't even get on the field because of how good of our linebackers are. I so mean, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah. Taking I think, on what? I think we're trending up. 
Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> taking on Western Kentucky next week, so we got a, another week to prepare for Notre Dame before we uh, head to South Bend. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I'm keeping my eyes on us. We were listed at five going into the week. Even after the W, they dropped us down to six because of the crazy week in football that happened. Texas got the W, beating Bama. We talked about it a little bit. Quinn Ewers, he's got a chance to win the Heisman, honestly. He's going to be right up there with Caleb Williams. Um, Shador. Shador. Um, if you want to put Bo Nix, Michael Penix, whoever you want, there's so many guys that have a chance to win the Heisman this year. But We just named like I think you can four put quarterbacks Quinn- from the Pac-12. Because all those defenses are fucking garbage. Yeah, that's why. I don't, that's why I don't believe in Colorado. I believe in Quinn Ewers. Though. I do believe in Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers is the he's, truth. He's different. He's the truth. He beat he's Alabama. Of, I mean, Alabama. he's one of the best quarterbacks in yeah. college football behind Caleb Williams. One hundred percent. It's without Shador and Travis Hunter. That that dynamic is. I don't know. I, I I'm with I'm with Ben on Colorado. I don't know if I believe in him, but I really really want to. I really really want to. I think it'd be a cool little story. And not to mention, I mean, look who Shador's been learning from his whole life. Yeah. His dad is fucking prime time. Like, <laughs> yeah. So he's he he already knows what comes along with this type of stuff. And Travis Hunter, dude is an alien. He's like a whole different he reminds me of Chris Gamble back in the day for the the Buckeyes. Yeah. I so mean, if, just a ball hawk on both sides of the Yeah. Ball. Yeah. That's who I compared him to last week. But if he makes it to the NFL, what position does he play? Which one's he better at? I think he plays I defense. Think, yeah, I was going to say. I Just because, I don't know, some people in the NFL, like a lot of wide receivers always say, like, if I wanted to play DB, I could. But I honestly think DB's the second hardest position in the NFL behind quarterback. Well, I think historically yeah. speaking, every time you've seen someone in college play both sides of the ball, more specifically receiver in a DB of some sort, whether it be a safety, a nickel, corner, whatever it be, when they do get drafted – I'd say probably eight times out of ten, they normally stick to that defensive role. So, I mean, because maybe, you know, it's more – coaches look at it as it's more of a, um important position and they know that they can do that, so let's focus on that because we know you know how to think like a receiver. You're much more valuable here. So, yeah, I think he'd be – when he gets drafted, he'll be defensive. Yeah, I mean, I think that you can tell watching him that he's just a better DB. Like, I think there are better wide receivers on his team. You yeah. know what I mean? But there's yeah. not a better DB on his team. I mean, Xavier Weaver, another wide receiver for Colorado, he led the charge for the team this past week yeah. against Nebraska. He had 10 catches, 170 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. So they got plenty of weapons on the offensive side. Yeah. On the defensive side is where I agree. I think they really need him. He's yeah. going to be key for them. Because um, we're going to find out just how good this Colorado team is here in a couple weeks. This, this, this coming up week, we don't have a ton going on in college football. No crazy games between two ranked teams. I would say the biggest game of the week in college football would be 11 Tennessee traveling to Florida to take on the Gators. I just like that matchup because it's Joe Milton versus Graham Mertz, the two quarterbacks. I think they're two very good quarterbacks in college football, and it'll just be interesting former, to see them. Former uh, Big Ten quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Michigan and Graham Mertz, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see. That is cool. But but talking about Colorado and Texas a little bit more, we'll see just how good Colorado is in a couple of weeks. They travel on the road going um, northwest, taking on Oregon. And then the week after that, they're at home against USC and Caleb Williams. So we're going to find out just how good this team is. In three weeks, we'll know. But Yeah, I think they're – At the end of the day, I don't care. This season is already a win for the Buffaloes. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. From Just going from, from that first win alone. Yeah. Just going from one win last season to 
this whole French or the whole program's turned around. Yeah. I mean, for the future, not I mean, just they have a for chance this year, to go three now. When's the last yeah. time they've been able to say that? Yeah, know, seriously. Like. <laughs> and then, I mean, talking about Texas as well, huge win against three ranked team in the nation at the time, Bama. I mean, they got some interesting ranked matchups throughout the rest of the year, but I mean, the interesting ones I noticed, I mean, they travel on the road against Baylor in a few weeks, Oklahoma at home, who's 19th in the nation right now at home against Kansas State, who I think can be a tough matchup. And then, I mean, they play TCU. I don't have a lot of faith in them. And then they finish the season against Texas Tech, who gave Oregon a run for their money this past weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. You know, obviously, there are different matchups against different teams. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Texas Tech gave them a little run for the money at the end of the year. Yeah. But season's not over for these two teams. But they, these are two teams that, in my opinion, have a chance to make the college football playoff. And I know it's a little bit of a reach of Colorado, but you know you heard it from me last week. I believe, <laughs> I be, I'm a believer. I'm a believer in prime time. I think I don't. I mean, I think they get it done against Oregon, USC. I think they get it done against Oregon on the road. I'm gonna say that right now. USC is where yeah, UFC, the huge UFC challenge is the big test because that's gonna be a shootout. Caleb and I don't is, know if he can outshoot Caleb Williams. No, he can't. Caleb Williams is going to throw for 700. Yeah. It's going to be <laughs> right. un, it's going to be unreal. Right. It's going to be a record. <laughs> but given uh, last second credit to Colorado, 18th in the college football playoff pool. AP, AP pool. Yeah. Interesting. So in the AP pool. Only going to move up from here. <laughs> I just had one Maybe. comment. I feel like they can only move down. I think they can only move up. <laughs> no. I, Go like ahead. Yeah. I just had one comment going back to Texas. The only thing I worry about with them is we're putting a lot of hype behind their program right now when i possibly think that maybe bamo was ranked a little higher than they should have been from jump this i agree year. with that yeah i, I agree so with that. overrated i definitely. think the rest of the season needs to unfold before we fully put all of our eggs in texas's basket not to say that they can't i'm not discouraging them at all but bama's definitely looked a lot better in previous years than what they did this year so Let's see how the the cookie crumbles. But Colorado, I'm with you, man. I'm a believer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to be a believer, so I'm just going to stay the hell with it. I just believe. really like Steve Sar- Sarkeesian. Is that yeah. how you say it? Mm-hmm. He- head coach for Texas. I mean. Yeah, former Alabama offense coordinator. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean. When their offense was good. Yeah. That was when their offense was good. So, that's why I kind of think, like, Texas is doing exactly what he was doing with Alabama in the past. Like, I don't see why. Who's going to slow him down? I mean, we just talked about the best remaining teams are going to be playing on their schedule. Maybe they do have a little bit of overhype on them, but I completely believe they're better than all of those teams I just listed. Absolutely. Kansas State. 100%. Without a doubt. So I feel like they don't get another true test. I mean, granted, they're going to be competing in a lot of these games. It's still college football. But I think we see a team like Texas in the college football playoffs. A couple of those teams or maybe at least one of them makes a run and starts to climb in the polls and you know yeah. they do get another chance to make a statement you know but as as it sits right now i mean that was their that was their one blast so they got to hope that it lasts and and they got to stay consistent if they want to make it to the playoff by the end of the year i agree so uh we're gonna save uh the nba news for next week um, as our one-year anniversary is right around the corner from when we started this very podcast we're extremely excited for next week. We're going to do some special stuff. We don't know what that is yet, but we're going we're gonna to have some fun topics to talk about next week, make it a little interesting for the one-year anniversary. But with that being said, I mean, anything you guys want to say for your mamas before we uh, sign off here? 
My mom found out we had a podcast last week. She just found out. I've told her. <laughs> she she just forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about it at dinner. I was like, Yeah, Lance's podcast got ranked eleven. She's like, You guys have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> just please, Pittsburgh, turn it around. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I don't know. One thing I got to say, rest in peace, eight, man. I mean, he yeah. was – I'm in a super flex fantasy league. He was my quarterback. I didn't draft a third quarterback. I had to pick up Zach Wilson. I'm not very happy about it. He's not going to be in my starting lineup, but I hope we see better days from Aaron Rodgers, and I hope we see him one I'm more sure time in the NFL. Will. I just really hope this wasn't the last we saw Aaron Rodgers. I He'll don't think it will. He'll, He'll be, be back. back. I mean, uh, right before we started this podcast, he posted something on Instagram. I don't know if uh, you guys saw it, but this gives me a lot of faith that we're that this wasn't the last we saw Aaron Rodgers. He tweeted a thank you to everyone that was helping him out, and then he finished it with, the night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. That's scary. That's some real deep shit. I know, right? It's like something out of a movie or something. <laughs> so hopefully it's not the last we saw Aaron Rodgers, and hopefully we see him in a jet uniform next be. year. He's but a lifer. He he loves the game too much. Yeah, I agree. I mean, why else would he go over to Africa and smoke ayahuasca in a sweat hut? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got to love the game. <laughs> that's a great way to end it right there, and that's how we're going to finish it. Thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Share it with your friends. Let them know, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.